Just keep grinding, all right? We're getting better each and every day. Running left to the goal line, fighting his way in as the Texans grab the lead. Let's go to work, baby! Takes the gift, has time, throws to the end zone, caught, and it's a touchdown! Love the energy. Wrapped up for a loss for the TFL inside the 10. All right, let's do it. Texans have the ball on the pick. That's what we're talking about. Now, it's Texans All Access. Hello, Texans. Mark Vandermeer with you on a Thursday that is really exciting because the home opener awaits. It's happening Sunday at noon, NRG Stadium. If you're lucky enough to go to the game, be sure to be there early. 11.30, I suggest 11.30, to watch the new pregame presentation cooked up by the Texans organization, and it is fire. It is going to be awesome on Sunday, get there early, be loud, it's the freaking Colts, bring the vocal cords, let's have a party, and speaking of party, there's no man who knows more about that than the General. John McClain joining us tonight, Johnny Harris is going to join us in segments two and three. General, how is it going, my friend, are you fired up for this one? I'm sure am, home opener, there's going to be a lot of, there's a buzz already about it, they need to win this game. They've been favored by one and a half, underdog by one. Now they're back being favored again by one point. So it keeps switching. I picked the Texans today to win uh, 16-13 with Sean Pendergast on our Utopia football podcast. And, you know, they should win this game. And the first of many battles we're going to see between C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson Domingo Ryans and Shane Steichen, who was interviewed by the Texans, they liked him a lot. So there's a lot of reasons. Um, And uh, they are, like you said, encouraging fans to get in their seats because they've got this tribute to D'Amico starting, I think, at 1130. So there's a lot to look forward to as far as Sunday's game at NRG Stadium. All right, General, a lot of things happened in the opener at Baltimore that were encouraging, but one of the things that really needs to improve and in a big hurry is the ground game. We know about the offensive line. We know about guys playing different positions and even during the game having to do the old switcheroo at certain positions. Laramie Tunsil missed Wednesday's practice, but back at it today. Great stuff to see. Limited participation with a reported knee injury. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I would assume he would go. But your thoughts on running the football better and what it's going to take against the Indianapolis Colts because it's required. We all talk about a rookie quarterback like C.J. Stroud. They also have a rookie head coach. And they have a rookie offensive coordinator and play caller. Each of those guys, they don't just step in and immediately be great. You know, there's a there is a learning curve for them as well. And I think Bobby Slowick knows he needs to run the ball more. Twenty three carries is not enough. And uh they know three point one yards is not enough. But getting Damian Pierce the ball eleven times kind of reminded me of last year. He needs to get the ball at least twenty times. And people say, well, they want to use him more on the pass. Well, why? He's a he's a runner. He looks for punishment. When you got to have throw the ball, throw it to Devin Singletary. But I think those rushing numbers will improve, and Pierce will get the ball a lot more. Now the problem, of course, they got issues up front. And I saw this week New England has all five of its offensive linemen who are injured. Doesn't mean they're not going to play. But the Texans, you know, they're on their third center. Uh, Titus Howard, George Fant, they, they, he'll be able to play, but they could have been on their 
third right tackle and their third guard. So they have, and I wrote a column about this on sportsradio610.com about uh, all the problems in the offensive line. I've never seen anything like it this early in the year. So obviously, Mark, that affects Bobby Slug's play calling and the flow of the game, and he has to adjust because of it. All right, General, we talked about the offense a little bit, but defensively, and as I look at the injury report some more here and relay some of this, Graylin Arnold was full participation today with a hamstring. George Fant, man, that injury looked bad during the game. It looked like, uh uh-oh, what is this going to be? But he was full today. That was good. Denzel Perriman full as well. On that side of the ball, without Petrie and without Jimmy Ward, they go with – Eric Murray, and they also go with MJ Stewart, and Graylin Arnold is there for depth, special teams, the rest of it. Those guys did okay in the second half, no doubt about that, but what about playing defense against this Colts team? They're going to try to run the football. It looks like Anthony Richardson is the guy who ignites that ground game. He led the team in rushing last week in the loss to Jacksonville. What about going up against this Colts attack and how they might try to adjust on the horseshoe side of things? The best thing about the Texans' performance in the first game was a run defense. He gave up 110 yards, 3.4 carry. You take away Lamar Jackson's 38, and they gave up 2.3 a carry. And that's against a team that likes to run the ball a lot in his three deep at running back. Now they gave up three yards, three touchdowns rushing and a two-point conversion, but they were all short yardage. I think overall the run defense made dramatic improvements. And what they did in preparation for Lamar Jackson and what they did when they carried out their game plan uh, that D'Amico Ryans and Matt Burke put together, I think serves them well for Richardson. Richardson's bigger and stronger and probably faster than Lamar Jackson, but he's not going to be as elusive. And there was a story going around that after the game against Jacksonville, which Jaguars, Jaguars trailed early in the fourth quarter and scored two touchdowns to win, Trevor Lawrence said something about Richardson. Richardson about man, you gotta be more careful because he did get knocked out of the game. And he's a big target. You know, he's not as big as Cam Newton, who was a great runner, but he's close and he's faster. So uh, I would imagine that Shane Steichen would like to throw the ball down the field since you have two backup safeties, but they're both veterans. They started games, and uh, so I thought they acquitted themselves well. I thought that the cornerbacks, all three of them, Derek Stingley Jr., Steven Nelson, and Tavier Thomas all played really well. They, they started up front, of course. Will Anderson Jr. and Jonathan Grenard got good pressure. When D'Amico Ryan's dialed up blitzes twice with Jalen Petrie, they, they either confused or forced Lamar Jackson to get rid of the ball way before he wanted to. So I'm sure they're going to do that with Anthony Richardson, of course, because he's a rookie. It's going to be so much fun to watch him, and if he ran 10 times in the first game, he may run more than that here because the Jaguars totally shut down everybody else, and I'm guessing Texans got a good good chance to do that too if Deion Jackson is the leading, is the main running back again. John McClain joining us tonight, Texans All Access. Great to have you listening. Sunday noon kick live right here, the Bull 100.3 FM. General, you mentioned it. The Jaguars were trailing the Colts in the second half. Your level of surprise, I know weird stuff happens on week one from time to time, but how competitive can the Colts be this year? I guess the answer is how far Richardson can take them and the rest of it. Do they get Taylor back? But I thought the Colts put together a pretty good showing at home against the Jaguars who – 
should come out firing as the defending AFC South champs that established their authority, but they weren't able to do it right away. What did you think of the way that game played out? I was really surprised, Mark, when I looked up and saw the Colts hanging as close as they were because we knew they weren't going to run the ball. We knew Anthony Richardson was going to be their leading rusher. You know, it's ridiculous that the Colts come in here with Jonathan Taylor on PUP and he just killed the Texans two years ago and they don't have to go against it. You know, they got the, the Colts have a good offensive line. They have a really good front seven. Their defensive line has just obliterated the Texans on big plays. They're strong up front. And so they've got a good defense that the Texans, once again, C.J. Stroud's going to have to get rid of the ball fast. He's going to have to throw on the run a lot. thing that impressed me the most about him, Mark, he didn't force the ball. He was accurate. He, he, he is really good at his ball placement. When I went back and watched it a couple of times, I saw – I saw corners breaking on the out routes, thinking they were going to get a pick six and the ball beat them to the receiver. And I'm sure the Colts are going to be licking their chops. Well, you know what? I'll get that ball. And what there's two things they need to improve on offense. With not burning all their timeouts with 8:14 left in the first half, Danico said they've been working on that all week. I'll guarantee you that's not going to be an issue. And the other one is. Stroud's got to learn not to take sacks that that average almost 10 yards a sack. Richardson was sacked twice for four yards, so he took small sacks, probably didn't want to throw it into coverage, which is very good for a quarterback who didn't start but one season in college. And um, I think that uh, I think we're going to see Stroud with that. And Richardson, both of them have that first game under their belt. We'll see them playing a lot more confidence because both teams think they're going to win this game. General Jaguars, after beating the Indianapolis Colts on the road, they're at home against the Kansas City Chiefs, haven't played since, well, a week ago tonight in the NFL season opener. What do you think of that matchup here as the Jaguars try to get to 2-0 before hosting the Houston Texans next week? I wonder if Kadarius Tony. it wouldn't surprise me if he's active, if if Patrick Mahomes goes out of his way to get him the ball early, because he was one of the most criticized receivers after one game I can ever remember, because it happened in front of like 23 million people. And somebody pointed out, had he just knocked down on purpose ever passed thrown to him, they would have won the game. And so <laughs> I, you can't see the Chiefs starting 0-2. But if the Jaguars do start 2-0, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about them, especially if they beat the Chiefs. It's one thing to beat the Colts. It's a something else entirely to beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Chris Jones is back. They're great defensive tackle. Unfortunately, he can't pl- catch the ball. Travis Kelsey is supposed to be back. So I think Kansas City is going to win that game. And uh, as Sean Pendergast pointed out, and I chuckled on our Utopia football podcast today. If the Texans win and the Chiefs win, the Texans are playing for first place next week in Jacksonville. And even if the Texans lose and the Jaguars win, I mean, the Jaguars lose, and they could still be playing for first. So it gives them something early in the season. And the fans, you know, Texans don't talk about stuff like that. But the fans do, the media does. And it's be something that would really be fun next week if they beat the Colts 
and they talk about going to Jacksonville, even if the Jags are 2-0 and or 1-1, and and playing for either first place or a share of first place. Yeah, and a game in hand against the Jaguars if you're able to get that one. Let's, Nick, not get ahead of ourselves right here, John McClain. All right, so the Chargers at the Titans this week, and the Titans looking to get right after losing to the Saints at the Superdome. A low-scoring, close game, but they could not get it done. Tannehill with the three picks. Chargers in a high-scoring loss against Miami at their place. There's really no home field advantage with the Chargers as far as they're concerned. It's weird because they lead the league in most social media metrics and engagement and stuff like that, but they don't draw well and they don't make money, so I don't know what to make of it. Anyway, the Chargers 0-1, the Titans 0-1 in Nashville. What do you think of that matchup? The Titans had five field goals. Derrick Henry hardly touched the ball in the second half. They got a lot of criticism about that. Mike Brable was criticized for kicking a field goal instead of going for fourth down at the end of the game. And Ryan Tannehill's rating was 28.7. We thought Josh Allen was bad and Joe Burrow was bad. Ryan Tannehill was worse. Isn't it amazing, Mark, how some veteran quarterbacks look like they didn't play in preseason, hadn't played in throughout training camp, and look like they've never been to an offseason program, and yet guys like Tua Tungavailoa looks like he's been out there for 10 games. And it's hard to figure why so many quarterbacks had bad games. Now, they'll bounce back. I'm not sure Tannehill's going to do that, but he was terrible. And since he went to Tennessee, his rating is 104. But he needs Derrick Henry to run the ball a lot to make that play action work so he can roll out and throw it. Two of his three interceptions were when he was forcing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. And that's unlike Tannehill to force it and have turnovers. I'm pretty sure they'll correct that. But the Chargers' offense is great. Titans' defense is great. Uh, Titans' offense is terrible. Chargers' defense is terrible. So I'm not going to say it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm picking the Chargers to win it because the difference is Justin Herbert versus Ryan Tannehill. Something's got to give. Okay, Johnny and I are going to address this a little bit later, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Of quarterback selected top five overall in the same draft, head-to-head matchups in the rookie season of QBs taken top five overall. There have only been six games since 1950 that have taken place with this kind of dynamic and one of them involved an oiler that would be Dan Pastorini against Jim Plunkett in 1971. Plunkett won the game, I checked. Uh, the last time it happened was Trevor Lawrence against Zach Wilson. It's going to happen three times this year because you have Stroud Richardson. Actually, you have t- two Stroud Richardson matchups if both guys stay healthy for the second one. You're going to have Stroud Young, Richardson Young. Anyway, your thoughts on that kind of dynamic. It's just fun stuff to follow, and it's fun that it's only happened six times in league history, basically, since 1950. It's going to be a blast to watch not only Stroud and Richardson, but Stroud when he goes up against Bryce Young. Could he go to Charlotte and make them wish they'd taken him? Does he go to Charlotte and Bryce Young lights it up and makes the Texans wish, oh, I wish we hadn't won that last game. And then there's Richardson, who does not have the experience but looks so much better in the first game than I thought he would. And it's it's they're not going to play each other but every four years, the AFC South, and unless they play that odd game. So it's going to be more about Stroud and Richardson. But I can't wait. I think, isn't it October 29th? something like that, that they go to Charlotte. 
and that's going to be really fun. Anytime, you know, you've been bad, and and remember, the Panthers were not bad last year. They they weren't very good, but they weren't bad. They traded up, paid dearly to get that top pick from the Bears, and so I can't wait to watch the young quarterbacks play against the other young quarterbacks and see how they do. General, what do you make of this game between the Raiders and the Bills and everything the Bills just went through on Monday night with Allen turning it over four times? And what do you think of Allen right now, this stage of his development? He was getting better, no question, from 18 to 19 to 20. But it seems like there's a bit of a plateau, and he's not learning his lessons about not sliding headfirst and taking unnecessary shots. There was one shot on Monday Night Football where McDermott is literally pointing to his head and speaking to Allen, be smart, be smart. What do you think of that and the game against the Raiders this weekend, Sunday at noon? When he, when Brian Dable left for the Giants last year, he wasn't the same quarterback. He had six red zone turnovers, which was more than his combined first four years. Ken Dorsey took over the coaching People call smooth transition. It wasn't. Now, they're still good. I look for him to bounce back and win this game. And I wasn't overly impressed with the Ravens, who I picked to go win the Super Bowl last week. Don't know how much of it was them, how much of it was the Texans. Only time will tell. But I expect the Bills to bounce back. Josh Allen's too good of a quarterback to have another game like that. Jets and the Cowboys. Man, I really wish this one was in New York. But it's not. It's in Big D, what do you think of this one? Both teams 1-0. We know how the Jets had to get it done. That was a really entertaining finish. I know it was a terrible night for Aaron Rodgers and Jet fans and all of that, maybe NFL fans in general. And you're going to have the Jets playing on primetime TV an awful lot this year. But they're at the Cowboys in the late window on Sunday. Are the Cowboys really that good, John? I'm guessing you don't know. The Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl and the Longhorns are going to win the national championship. Because they're back. And if Whoa. you don't believe it, just listen to their fans because they already know they're going to win the championships. Now, Cowboys were great. Their defense is fantastic. Dak Prescott didn't have to do a lot. It was just such an impressive performance. Dan Quinn's defense has got pass rushers across the board led by Micah Parsons. Parsons going to end up being highest paid over uh, uh, Nick Bosa probably next year. And I thought the most impressive performances I saw was San Francisco blowing out the Steelers in Pittsburgh and then the Cowboys just wiping the floor at MetLife Stadium with the Giants. And I, I, you know, people must not realize last year the Jets, when Brees Hall was healthy, were five and two. And as was Zach Wilson, the quarterback, mm. they were five and two. And Paul went, Hall went down with that torn ACL. They've got more running backs this year. They've got more depth. Hall showed he's back with like an 80-something yard run. Dalvin Cook's there. If they run the ball a lot behind a bad offensive line, they play great defense, they could threaten, they could they could compete for a wild card berth. It looks like Robert Sala is a really good coach. So they're not going to win this game. But, uh, you know, 500 is not too shabby. I felt – I'm no big fan of Aaron Rodgers, but I sure felt bad for him the team, the fans, I feel bad for the league, everybody. Because it, it was such a great story uh, to see how far he could take them. I know there's no magic elixir in the form of a quarterback that's on his couch right now uh, that would be available for the Jets or somebody they could trade for as a reserve that would possibly start for them instead of Zach Wilson or for even more insurance. 
But what do you think of the Jets going after another QB, an established guy who could possibly take over the role of starter? Uh, they don't want a starter. You know, they've come out vehemently that it's Zach Wilson. Now they need another veteran. I'd go after Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, they're the same. Now, if I was going to make a trade, you know, Flacco was there the last two years. They could call, they could call him. But people were talking Oof. about them calling the Texans and trading Davis Mills or Case Keenum. If I were them, I'd want Case because Case, number one, has played for like every team in the league. And number two, he's been in the playoffs and he's won playoff games. But Cole McCoy is available. He's like Case, a great leader, like another quarterback on the field. I watched that in-season hard knocks last season to watch Watt and Hopkins, and I was really impressed with McCoy behind the scenes before Murray was hurt and after Murray was hurt. So I'd like him in there working with uh, Zach Wilson. I'll tell you something else. I think Rodgers should not rehab in California. He should rehab at the Jets facility, be at practice every day, be on the sideline for the game, Mm. and do everything he can to mentor Wilson and to help that team win and overcome his loss. Well, he did say he will rise again, and we'll find out what that means, I guess, in about a year or Coming out a of year, the darkness, or a year and a half. Rise out, rise out of the darkness. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing here. Monday Night Football has the Steelers entertaining the Cleveland Browns. Do you think the Browns themselves look at Deshaun Watson and say, you know, I don't know if he's still got it. It seems like it sometimes, but often it doesn't. What do you think they're privately thinking about their $230 million quarterback? I think they're so excited with winning that game and just pounding the Bengals. They don't care. Now, he didn't play well. His rating was 63. He had an interception in which he just threw it right to the defensive back. But they ran the ball well. Nick Chubb had over 100 yards. Their defense is great. Jim Schwartz has come in there and made it even more aggressive. So I think this, I think they can win that game. I way overestimated the Steelers for one game at least. Steelers got injuries now. They've lost one of their best defensive players. They've lost one of their best receivers. And uh, and I wouldn't surprise – I'm not – I don't pick the Steelers to lose at home. I picked them to win the game against the 49ers. I'm picking them against the Browns. The Texans certainly don't want the Browns to start 2-0. and And Monday night is weird because you have a doubleheader, but it's staggered. So you have 6-15 kick Saints at Panthers, 8 – well, 7-15 kick, 8-15 Eastern. 7-15 kick Browns at Steelers. We'll see how it goes. General, what do you have going on on your various platforms for us to enjoy? I have a column on SportsRadio610.com about Stroud versus Richardson, what great friends they are. And uh, except for Sunday, I've got one about the Texans issues in the offensive line about how it affects the game plan. And I have one on the Astros who somehow managed to lose two games to the lowly Oakland A's. Outstanding. John, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Mark, thank you. I'll see you Sunday. See you Sunday. You'll be on the pregame show countdown to kickoff presented by Modelo Especial. That's going to happen at 9 a.m. Boulevard. Look for Sean and Seth out there, and Andre and I will visit. Johnny's going to visit. John McClain will visit out at the Boulevard. Texans Radio Stage, Sports Radio 610. It is going to be a show at NRG. Show up early. 8, well, 8.30. 8.30 is a little early. Uh, the guys will be setting up at 8.30. 11.30 in your seats to watch the special pregame presentation.
Nation to kick off the home portion of the schedule. Texans, Colts, outstanding. Can't wait for it. John Harris, can't wait to visit with him and do who's better. That's coming up next here. And then Houston Methodist Minutes and some other stuff. Choice cuts from Nick Casario. It's all happening on Texans Radio. More Texans Radio is on the way. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. Back on Texans All Access, joined now by John Harris, who's in the on-deck circle, waiting to do a high school game tonight. Johnny, you're going to be on Local 2 tonight. Yeah. This is very cool, as they are doing a high school game on the big channel. You and Randy McElvoy. What's How about the game? This? Yeah, the game? it's uh, Ridgepoint versus Hightower, Fort Bend Independent School District. So uh, I know it I know it fairly well. Um, my mom was at Kemp- Clements and Kempner for a long time. Uh, and these two schools didn't exist when I was going to high school, so it shows you how old I am. Wait, your mom was at Clements teaching? Yeah. I'm just hearing about this right now. I, I, I'm pretty sure I told you that. In you fact, know, I live like a few blocks away from Clements. I know. Hurricane Alicia hit in 1983, and it blew off Clements' roof. Mm. They got it together for that year. Then she went over there the next year in 84. You know why she went there? Because she didn't want to teach me. I don't know what that says about me, but she didn't <laughs> want to teach me in seventh grade. I cannot so, teach my son. So she then went to Clements High School, and then my senior year, she ends up going to Kempner. The last time I was in Mercer Stadium, mm. we played Kempner in that game uh, in week one in the opener. Kempner beat us 9-7, which was ugly, but how about this? I remember. How, I can't remember taking trash out most days. I can remember my full stat line from that game against Kempner. Of course you can. I had 14 tackles, two fumble recoveries, three catches for another yardage. I can't remember. Three catches for like 38 and a touchdown. Look at you playing both ways. And lost 9-7. Shaking it up. 9-7. That's furious. So, yeah, going to be at Mercer, uh, Ridgepoint, and Hightower. You talk about athletes. Oh, yeah. Holy smokes. The perimeter players. They just redid Mercer, too. Oh, really? So it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Mercer's in good shape. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It's a terrific place right down the street from my Mm -hmm. abode. All right. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for some who's betters and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Let's go. All right. This is a weird one. Who's going to have a better season after a rocky start? Are you ready for this? Bryce Young with the Carolina Panthers or second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both had rocky starts. Bryce Young, Kenny Pickett, better season. Who's going to have it in 2023? I'm going to say Bryce Young because you start comparing the offensive lines, and they're pretty similar. They're, they're, neither one of them is very good. You compare the perimeter players, and, and they're similar. All those Steelers being without Deontay Johnson isn't going to help, um, but they're pretty similar. So, you know, run game is not going to help them tremendously. But I think that the coaching that Bryce is getting is going to be better than the coaching Kenny Pickett will get. Matt Canada – Hasn't had the Steelers over 400 yards of total offense in like 36 games or some crazy number. Um, I think Bryce will will break out um, and and do a have a better season. He just has to learn get rid of the football. Can't hold it. I think that's one of the things. I think it's probably the major thing of young quarterbacks: get rid of the football, throw the ball in time, and once the game slows down for you, then. Obviously, you can you know quickly get through your reads and boom, go. But the ball has to come out now. I think Bryce learned that as the game went on against the Falcons, but his offensive line is not good right now. Mm. And they just lost Brady Christensen at guard. But I just think with Frank Reich um, and Josh McCown, he's going to get better coaching there in Carolina, and that will help him develop a little bit more. And the a- NFC South plays the NFC South, so there's six games there, and then they play the AFC South, where the – 
NFC North and pick it. They got to play us, but I don't know who they match up with, but they got to play six games in that division. And we just saw one of those defenses. Kenny Pickett's not going to have a lot of success against them. So I think there's going to be that too. So I'm going to go with Bryce Young. Okay. Here's another one. Better season. Who's going to have it after being a semi-surprising winner in week one? Jordan Love with the Green Bay Packers. And I think what was surprising about that was the lopsided victory status of that game with the Bears. Or Baker Mayfield as the Bucks went into Viking land. They went into the north and de-skulled the Vikings. So better season from here. Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love. I know you didn't try and make this easy on me, but this one's easy to me. It's Jordan Love. You love Jordan Love. I've been a big fan of Jordan Love for for a while. Uh, When the Packers drafted him, I actually, I mean, I remember we were doing a draft in in here that night, and we were kind of, I mean, it it was a great talking point about the draft, and we're like, okay, what does this mean for Rodgers, et cetera? But I think the same thing happened to Rodgers. He had a couple, couple, three years to sit and kind of learn the game and learn you know, how to be a professional, and he's learning from Favre. Then he gets his chance, and he runs with it. Love the same thing. Watched Rodgers, saw Rodgers did it. He's extremely talented. And I think I started the show against the Bears. Here's the other thing. I think Jordan loves presence, and more so the absence of Aaron Rodgers is unlocking the the, uh, Matt LaFleur box. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not having Rodgers in the organization in the building is a huge factor for the Packers. Right. They can build a new identity, yeah. move on without him. Love can become all he needs to become. Because as much as he had all those reps in the offseason when Rodgers wasn't participating, you still know that Zaza's coming back yeah. and it's not going to be the same thing. Yeah. You can't be your full Jamie Tart if Zaza is in the building. Yeah, I like, well, I like, we, I like where you're going with see? that. I like it. I, I didn't get to see the whole game against the Bears the other day, but... He was in total command, but I was seeing Matt LaFleur do things that, what is that? Wait, wait, one, two, three. He's got, wait, he got two guys over here. Has he got two guys, two running backs to the left of this quarterback in shotgun and a tailback? What is, so there were some things that he was doing that were very unique. The key is if they can get Christian Watson back, Dubs played. Dubs was questionable. He played and had two touchdowns. If you get Christian Watson back, the deep threat, and who was my guy during the draft at tight end that I loved? You know I loved him from Oregon State, Luke Musgrave. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's Victoriano's a big-time player. Yeah, that's right. That's going to be one of his outlet I guys. So I think, I think Love's going to have a – I, I don't want to say exceptional year, but I think he's going to perform well, well. Here's the sweetener on this one, though. Who had a better win in week one? Because going to the Vikings now, and winning is impressive to me. That was – not a total shocker, but that was a big surprise to me to see the Buccaneers do that to the Vikings. When the Vikings are coming off the stinging playoff yeah. loss to the Giants, they won 13 games last year. Teams changed year to year. We yep. all know that. But the Bucs took, eh, I can't say took it, it to them, but they won the game. It's a good, it's a really good win for the Bucs, no doubt. And I think a lot of people thought the Bucs were going to be kind of mired in obscurity this year with Baker, quarterback, et cetera. Now, Baker's got to show that he can, because last year's first game with the Panthers, he played really well. And it's with just, the Rams, too. Yeah, and, and Kate York at a 59-yard field goal to beat them at the buzzer, but B- Baker played pretty well in that game. It's just the consistency going forward. Yeah. Um, but the Bears, Ooh. if you have a question there about biggest disappointment, who was the bigger disappointment? It was the Bears because there was so much hype around them, so much hype. Justin Fields is going to be MVP. I mean, it was, it was not a, a complete disaster, but pretty darn close. It's pretty darn close. Pretty darn That's close. That's your... 
team that's the biggest rival in the league, really. It's the oldest in rivalry in the building. league. In your building, Aaron Rodgers says, I still own you. What was it, a year ago when he said that? Yeah. And the Packers still own the Bears without Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. So there. All right. Better debut with a new team, Derek Carr or Jimmy G? Ooh. Derek good Carr, one. Jimmy G, better debut with the new team. Carr, formerly of the Raiders. Jimmy G, formerly of the 49ers, now with the Raiders. Carr with the neither, Saints. Yeah. Neither one of them, you know, "Quote unquote," lit it up. I nope. mean, the Saints scored sixteen. The I think the Raiders scored seventeen at Denver. Yeah, at Denver, um, and the Saints did it at home. Now, I do think that Titans defense is pretty good, um, and Denver's going to be interesting because they've had some changes in coaches and you know defensive coordinators. Evero is now the defense coordinator for the Panthers, so um, boy, this is really close. And maybe I'm just siding with the fact that I saw that mic'd up on the sideline. Did you see that mic'd up on the sideline with Derek Carr? Yes, so that was. That was awesome. What he said, run, run. You have to go. I'll hit you. Uh, and then Jameis is like, yes, <laughs> Jameis little cameo is awesome. Maybe I go with that, but I just am not and have not ever been a really big believer in Jimmy for whatever reason. Still went head first on a play I saw. I, I didn't see the whole game, but I saw him diving head first for a first down. Jimmy, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do this to yourself. But Jimmy, Jimmy finds a way to win. I'll give him that, but I'm going to go with Derek Carr. All right. I've got another one for you okay. here. This is a who's worse. Worst sacrificing of the body. And I'm going to go retro and current. Josh Allen these days, oh, or maybe any days, or Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was with <laughs> us, or maybe anybody. Worst sacrificing of the body, if you will. It's Josh Allen, because when Josh Allen sacrifices his body, he's given up that that howitzer, that ham cannon hanging off his right shoulder. Whereas Fitzy is giving up his body, that's just kind of part of Fitzy. You know, yeah, it's not as if yeah. it's going to hurt him throwing. Do you remember in 20, when we played them in 15, when he was with the Jets, and we were ahead that whole game. We were, I think we were ahead by a couple scores. And it was down in the south end zone. And he runs and scrambles, and he gets scrambled at the goal line by somebody. He got the touchdown, but I just remember seeing like three guys go bang, 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 just collide off him. He gets up and his helmet, his chin straps up, and his beard. He's kind of like, like, dang, Fitzy. Yep. And the dude played five more years after that. Yeah, it's five incredible. more years after that. It's incredible. I'm with you. It's worse for Allen because he really needs to develop a way to play without doing that. Yeah, right. Absolutely, Fitzy. That's who he was. That's how he survived in the league for so mm -hmm. long by yep. picking up those extra that yards that way, yeah. extra TDs that way. But. He still should have learned to slide on occasion because, yes. hey, against the Colts, we all know, uh -huh. third to last game, 2014. If he stays upright in that game, you might win that game. You might go to the playoffs that year. Playoffs? Of all, of all the times that, that I've heard us mad, in particular Dre, I've heard Dre mad, I think that in 10 years was the maddest he'd ever been. When Fitzy went down, <laughs> he was, he, I'll never forget because I'm sitting down there and I can just imagine he lost it on Fitzy because it's like, you got to know you have a rookie behind you and his, his, his angst was valid, but I could imagine you were up there going, oh boy, because he was hot. Yeah. He was hot. And then, of course, Savage comes in the game. He turned the wrong way. They fumble. And that ended up being the, the, the difference in the game. They scored on that drive. And, you know, Tom did. Okay, once he you know got kind of settled in there and actually tied the game with that runner, took a lead with that run that Arian had, got called back for holding. Anyway, point being, that was Fitzy. That's just yeah. that's the way he played. All right, one more for you, okay. Johnny. 
Better chance for success. Texans offense against the Colts defense, all the problems they have in the secondary and everything like that, or Texans defense against this Colts offense. Better chance for success. What's the better advantage in the matchup if there's any here? I feel better about the Texans defense against the Colts offense. You're still facing a rookie, which, by the way, it's the, my math is correct, the eighth matchup of top five drafted quarterbacks as rookies? I think it's seven. Seven. Yeah. It's also the first time ever that two black quarterbacks drafted in the top five will meet as rookies. That's interesting. And that will happen three times this year because they all we all play each other. They We play the Panthers. That'll be the second one. The Panthers play the Colts. That'll be the third one. So pretty interesting stuff there. But he's still a rookie. Anthony Richardson's still a rookie. Um, Anthony Richardson had games like Vanderbilt last year where nothing went right for three quarters. And Vanderbilt jumped out, kept the lead, and he brought it back in the, in the end, but he just couldn't close the door because the gap was too big. Um, there's no Jonathan Taylor. And so that helps. Now, there might be a Zach Moss, and we struggle with him in Week 18, but I trust his defense um, a little bit more than I trust the offense right now. However, how many combined starts do the Colts' starting corners have? Don't think too long. Three. Three. Zero to three. Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. Flowers had two starts last year. And oh, Dallas Flowers, yeah. And and Daryl Baker started for the first time this year. That's it. They don't have Stephon Gilmore anymore. You they don't have Rock Yassine that's got some experience. So if you can get the ball off, I think you've got an opportunity against those guys. Got to hold off in protection, hold yes. up in protection in order to make that pay yes. for you. All right, Johnny. Prediction for tonight. Ridgepoint. <laughs> I tower your game on local two. Well, as they say in the business, you can't predict a game that you're calling. But last year's game, um, High Tower got up early, and you know, talking to both coaches, that's a game that for both of them was kind of a turning point because High Tower ended up fading, and Rich Point came back and beat them last year. So High Tower is geared up; uh, they feel pretty good about what the squad they have, and they've. Got, I'm telling you, the athletes are going to be on the field tonight. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. So I'm expecting 26A battle. It's going to be a fun one. How'd you get information? Because they don't have PR departments. These no head coaches. Yeah, very nice. Head coaches. They were they were gracious enough to spend a few minutes with uh, myself and Randy McAvoy, and they they were great. Um, and you know you got to got to try. You know, it's not like I'm you know telling everything that happened in those calls, but um, you know, especially with injuries and status and depth charts and all that, but. You know, you spend 10, 15 minutes with the guys calling the game and just say, hey, here's what we are. And they were both gracious. So um, I'm, I'm excited. Cornelius Anthony for Hightower and uh, Richard Lefevers from um, who, by the way, coach uh, at Rich Point was at Lamar Consolidated, at my uh, alma mater a few years ago. So I can't show any bias, though. I can't show okay, any bias. Can't, can't do, do it. that. All right. Local two, Johnny and go. Randy McElvoy tonight calling that one. And we've got more to do here on Texans All Access, including Hey, lung injuries, punctured lung, bruised lung, what does it all mean? Let's check in with a Houston Methodist expert, among other things, here on Texans Radio. Stay tuned for more Texans Radio. Now, back with more on Texans Radio. All right, final segment here on Texans Radio tonight. Let's get to some choice cuts here from Nick Casario before we hear from Houston Methodist Minutes. And this is from our weekly visit with Nick that's on YouTube and the executive vice president and general manager joins us on Wednesday nights at well. What about the jump week one to week two? We talk about year one to year two, but there's a week one to week two jump. 
Do we expect that from the Houston Texans in performance this Sunday? No question. The early part of the year is really about improvement. Can you improve from week one to week two, week two to week three? And then after we've talked about this on the show, about week game four or five, you sort of have an idea of, all right, right. how things are going to go. What are some of the things that you're doing well? The teams that are watching you, your opponents, are going to be looking at the same thing. So you kind of have a core foundation in place. All right, here are the things that we're going to hang our hat on. All right, and if we have to make a modification or adjustment either to the look, to the formation, or introduce maybe a different concept that's going to help us, then you're going to do that. But it's 17 games, and from where you start week one to the end, you're probably going to see a different team and different players and just their overall evolution. One more for you from Nick Casario. So good at evaluating the opponent. What about Anthony Richardson? How is he different from Lamar Jackson, who the Texans saw last week? Mobile quarterback, yes, Jackson, a former MVP, Richardson, a rookie. But how are they similar and or different? The reality is they're both unique players, unique athletes. Um, They're different types of players. I think sometimes guys get lumped into the same general category, but Mm -hmm. they're both highly skilled, um, highly talented players. I would say in Anthony's case, I mean, his size, speed, strength combination, there's not too many people like him in the league. Um, The closest one is probably Cam. And we had Cam in New England there at the end a little bit Mm -hmm. when Cam came out. I mean, he was big, strong, fast, athletic. And I would say specific to um, to the Indy offense, the quarterback essentially is the running game, which I would say in Baltimore's case, they've evolved a little bit to right. sort of a different dynamic. But Anthony was their leading rusher the other day. Um, I know JT is not available and not, uh, 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 probably going to be PUP for however many weeks it is. But Anthony's a big part of the running game. So you certainly have to account for that. But Big, strong, I mean, as skilled and, and talented as a, a thrower or just a player at that position from his size, his speed, his strength. He's just a – there are not too many players like yeah. him. Rookie quarterback battle on Sunday at NRG Stadium. Also, battle to get to the food at NRG Stadium. This quickie here from Texans president Greg Grissom, who was with us last night. So we talked about new food options like Trill Burger. Oh, it's going to be tough for me not to go get one at the concession stands at some point before the game, but we'll see how that goes. But what about this before the game? If you're going, make sure you're in your seat 1130. You're going to want to see this brand new pregame presentation. And Greg Grissom talked about it last night on the show. I think it's going to be spectacular. Our, our video and game day presentation crew have worked really, really hard on it. It's a little more thematic. It's, it's, it's maybe something that we haven't done before. Um, and I just know it's going to be special. I think we're going to have lights flashing. We're going to have music going. We're mm. going to really try to tell the story of the legend of the bull and maybe how that, you know, even connects into Thunderstruck, which is one of the, our primary th- songs that we have on game day. So I think it's going to be exciting. It gives people a reason to come early, um, get into their seats and, and be ready to welcome the team out on the field. Always be there early. The team needs you, and you definitely play a role in the team's success. And D'Amico Ryans has been very clear about that. All right, let's get clear on some medical issues with Houston Methodist Minutes. And Dr. Min Kim from Houston Methodist joins us now. Doctor, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Let's talk about lung injuries now. Jalen Petrie of the Texans was out of practice with a chest injury, and it was reported that he might have a punctured lung or a bruised lung, and I don't want to get into his personal situation, but what about that type of injury? Because we've seen other players have it from time to time. What's the difference between a punctured lung and a bruised lung, doctor? 
sure. Bruised lung means that the lung is basically bruised. So job of the lung is to kind of help you exchange the oxygen and also get rid of CO2. What happens with bruised lung is that that part of the lung is not working very well. So it kind of helps and prevents the person from doing the main function of, of the lung and causes the person to become short of breath. Punctured lung, what that means is that the lung surface opens up and releases air into the chest cavity. And what happens with that person can also present with shortness of breath, but the lung can collapse and can cause major health issues. So what causes each injury? Just a hard hit to the chest? Wouldn't that cause some other things to happen as well? Or is it one of those situations where it can often just affect the lung? Yeah, so it can just affect the lung. Typically, a lot of this happens in a trauma situation. Punctured lung we see a lot uh, often with the um, trauma to the chest, like a car accident, they can cause a broken rib, which can puncture actually into the lung itself. With the more blunt injury, uh, you can see lung contusions where the lung is bruised and it's not working very well. How long do these take to heal typically, doctor? It all depends on the uh, extent of the injury. So if you have a bruised lung in one area, it's not really impacting significant amount of the lung, then I think that can heal in a couple of weeks. Um, if it's majority of the lung, then you need to be in the hospital and get supportive care to kind of get the lungs in a better shape. With a punctured lung, it depends on the amount of air that escapes into the chest cavity. If it is very small, then it could be watched with x-rays and then let the body reabsorb the air. However, if it's a significant, then you might need a tube to help evacuate the air and let the lung heal. Outstanding. Doctor, thanks so much for the information. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, there's Dr. Min Kim from Houston Methodist. It's the official health care provider of the Houston Texans, HoustonMethodist.org, Houston Methodist Leading Medicine. All right, let's wrap up the show here. A couple of reminders. Obviously, you know about noon kickoff. Be in your seat early if you're going to the game. Packed house, awesome. Colts visiting rookie quarterback matchup, C.J. Stroud versus Anthony Richardson. Of course, the coaches will tell you it's not about the quarterbacks. It's about everybody. It is about everybody. It's about the Texans defense getting after it. The offense finding a way to get that running game cranked up after last week being unable to do it to their liking. It'll be live here on Sports Radio 610 and the Bull 100.3 FM. And also, remember, you can always check out the game on the Odyssey app, the Texans app. If you're at home, you want to listen to the call and turn down the sound on the TV, do it. It'll sync up just fine. Try it on the app and then sync up your DVR to match up with it. Trust me, it'll work. It'll be fun. I know a lot of people who do this and they enjoy the call with Andre's commentary and Johnny on the sideline, and I will narrate what is going on for you as well. D'Amico Ryans will be on the show tomorrow. We'll also have a Texans player or two. We'll have behind enemy sidelines and a whole bunch of other stuff to get you ready for the big weekend as the Texans take on the Colts Sunday. Can't wait. It is the home opener for your Houston Texans, then off to Jacksonville next week. Thanks to everyone who worked on the show tonight. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Have a great evening. Go Texans!